What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 43 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by a couple of guys who enjoyed seeing those Antonio Brown feet picks a little too much. Of course, <laughs> I'm talking about the two J's, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus. Gentlemen, how are we doing this fine afternoon? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty good. What did you guys think about those uh, AB... You know, frozen feet picks. Disgusting. <laughs> Dude, that was that was next level. I don't know I saw what was wrong with them things. He really got hurt because he froze his feet. Like, <laughs> Did you see all the, the cold feet jokes about going to Oakland? thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty corny. Pretty corny, pretty corny. Um, all right, well, you know, uh, we made it another week. Uh, preseason happened last night, although technically we're recording before that, so we don't have any information on that yet. We'll get into that stuff next week, but right now we're just going to go over some NFL headlines. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of players in ADP who are going back-to-back, discuss them, you know, sort of uh, sort out some of these players that are going close to each other in drafts right now. And then finally, we're going to close out the show with a, uh, a Twitter take. We're going to do this every week from now on. We're going to find uh, somebody in the fantasy community with a hot take, and we're going to dissect that take live on the podcast. So uh, we'll close out the show with that today. But first, we're going to get into headlines. Before we do that, Joey, do you want to tell people how they can support the podcast? You can support the DFS Dose by following us and listening to us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, at the DFS Dose, all those platforms. We're on every single uh, platform. Just go go ahead, follow us, subscribe to us, listen to us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and not just for our benefit, you know, do it for yourself, yeah. especially when we get if you want great DFS information. <sighs> information. Yeah. Great information. Facts. Uh, funny arguments, you know. These these dudes really don't know what they're talking about half the time. So I gotta, I gotta reel them in. All right, Joey. Uh, okay. Okay. Okay, um, okay buddy. <laughs> let's uh, let's kick it off, guys, because there's one story that is impacting the top five of of fantasy drafts. It's a big story, and it's obviously Ezekiel Elliott. He did not report on August 6th, which, as we all know, was the benchmark day. Although I do want to clarify some things that we said in podcasts uh, past. You know, we were under the impression that if he didn't show up on August 6th, he would lose uh, the fourth year accrued towards his deal and uh, push back his free agency by a year, which is actually not the case because the Cowboys have already picked up his fifth-year option. So that actually uh, is not true. And instead, he's in a situation almost exactly like Melvin Gordon where um, – <coughs> he could still show up as late as week nine and, and get that uh, that year towards yeah. free agency. However, I mean, he would take a ton of fines. Um, you know, this, this story gets a news blurb almost every day, different quotes from Zeke's camp, different quotes from Jerry Jones. So um, as of now, what do you guys think about this uh, Zeke Elliott situation? I think it got a little bit more real on August 6th. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in episode 41, I believe. Um, so two weeks ago. And, you know, we didn't know if he was actually going to hold out or not. And, you know, time has gone and went and he's holding out and he said he's not practicing or coming back without a new contract. And, you know, we got to do nothing but believe him. So I think until the Cowboys get serious about giving him a new contract, which he deserves, he's been one of the best running backs in the league since he entered a couple years ago. 
Um, I think we got to take it serious, and I think there's a good possibility that he will not be with the Cowboys to start the 2019 NFL season. Uh, this shit is so stupid. Why can't <laughs> these dudes just play football? Like, why is it always about money? I mean, you got to feed the fam. Right, right. I mean, we're on a gambling wait. podcast talking about it wait, be about the wait, money. But wait, 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 wait. How much is he making this year? Nah, probably not, not a lot on a rookie deal. A couple minutes. Or, no. Yeah, he's making he's making a lot of money because he was a top five pick. Yeah, <laughs> so I think he, not really, dude. But his, his base salary is three point nine this year. That's all. Oh, that's all. That's all. Damn. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's <laughs> tough. That's nothing can't, to a star NFL player. It's something to us, obviously. Can't but. can't feed the kids with that. <laughs> tough life needs a ten million dollar raise. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he deserves uh, it relative to the other players in that position. I know, but stop being a bitch and just play, you know? No, I, just I, mean, play I disagree football. with that totally. Both of these, both of these dudes, yo. If you guys if you guys love football and been doing your whole life, just play. Dude, the, I lo- think it's the so level stupid. of football is a myth, dude. These people they're I mean they're businessmen. Why would they why would they put their body and their health at risk for for less than they're worth? So stupid because his, contra- his contracts are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it in like the grand scheme of things, you just gotta think of how much money they bring to the to the team, you know, and with how much their the jerseys, team makes. with their player likeliness, yes. and yeah, how much these owners are making off these players, like Zeke, uh, Melvin Gordon, Saquon. Like these are star players; they're widely known across the United States. All NFL fans know them. It's not like you know you're. You're an unknown player coming into the league. Like you're bringing like millions, potentially like hundreds of millions of dollars to these owners, and it's just. Let's be honest like, too. Zeke is the best player. They realize that this this isn't the yeah. same as the Chargers, where the Chargers could probably make it with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson if if Gordon holds out. I'm sorry, but the Cowboys are they go from being a potential playoff team with Zeke to being, you know, squarely out of the mix with Alfred Morris and Tony Pollard taking that job. It's not happening. I mean, yeah, Zeke is way more th- valuable to this team than than many other running backs are to their teams, I would say. My He's thing the best with, player on the Cowboys. My thing with contracts, everything should be incentive based. That's it. You rush for 2000 yards, you're getting paid more than every running back that. That's how it should be. That's my opinion. How many times have we seen uh, someone get paid a ton of money and then they don't do anything? Albert Hainsworth, old fat ass. Chris Johnson I mean, disappeared into the into the sunset. So, I mean, if you're a running back and you get injured, you should be paid nothing? What do you mean? Like what? So, like, if, if you know, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo oh, the last ins- year gets, the gets ins- torn, tor- tears his ACL so he doesn't get paid for for like 2018 oh no i mean obviously there's going to be injury injury clause and it's not just a base if you throw for 2,000 yards you're getting paid the most i didn't literally mean it like that it's going to be injury clause and everything clause mm-hmm. but like i think it should mostly be in seven base these these people are money hungry this shit's stupid but anyways dfs wise yeah that's crazy right zeke wow I mean, I personally don't buy it all. I, I he's gonna be there week one. I mean, Jerry, yeah, he, Jerry Jones quote. Okay, playing. so Jerry Jones in the span of three days, he went from saying that you don't need a uh, a star running back to win a Super Bowl, 
Three days later, he says, when have I ever not done a deal? Which is absolutely true. And that's terrible negotiating. I'm just going to say that also. But I mean, if, if you're saying, when have I ever not done a deal? And your team is notorious for overpaying their guys. Like they always pay the people that they draft. So, I mean, I, I think that they're just trying to play hardball. But if you read the quotes closely enough, Zeke's going to play. I have, I still think he's going to play. And, you know, if he is in a best ball draft and you're drafting now, and you can get Zeke in the second round because people are scared. Jump on it, jump on it. Um, he's Zeke's getting paid. He's getting paid and he's getting played. He's getting paid and he's playing. I agree. I agree. That. Yeah. So, so don't even so do don't we, even bother. Do we? Agree I still that... take Pollard as a late round uh flyer in best ball. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Do we? Do we think that um? Gordon has a higher chance of holding out then. Oh yeah, Gordon's not yeah returning to the Chargers. I also, I mean I think the Chargers are a lot less likely to pay him than the Cowboys are. I think that's a huge part of it too. I mean I believe Zeke that if they don't pay him that he wouldn't play, but I just don't think it's going to come to that personally. So you think the Cowboys are just going to cave in and pay him? Yes, the Cowboys have built have built a run first offense. Yeah, yeah, the Chargers have been built behind Philip Rivers for I mean, however long. I mean, they're they're built to pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, I just think that they have to pay Zeke to have a chance at winning, just like Ben said yeah. earlier. Yeah, that's, yeah, they do. That's just and what it Chargers, comes down to. And the Chargers don't. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's exactly. talk about uh, another team here with a running back, you know, battle going on at camp, I guess you could say. So Damian Williams returned to practice on Wednesday for the Chiefs. Um, You know, right before that, Andy Reid kind of threw him under the bus. He was, you know, saying he was frustrated with uh, Williams for missing 10 days of practice with a hamstring injury. Um, And then he comes back on Wednesday and Carlos Hyde is still practicing with the ones ahead of Williams. Now, I mean, that could be, you know, they're easing him back in. Or, I mean, you know, just when you couple it with Andy Reid's comments about Damian Williams, I think you really have to be slightly concerned, at least with D. Will's, you know, job security. I mean, while I think he's for sure going to start Chiefs camp as as the starter, let's just look at this Chiefs for a second. What have they done the last few years? Jamal Charles goes down. Charkandrick uh, West slated to take over, right? Right after that, Spencer Ware takes his job. And then the next year, Spencer Ware is slated to be the week one starter. Immediately, Kareem Hunt goes for over 200 yards and three touchdowns in his first NFL game. Joey might especially remember that one. Uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Thanks. And then Kareem Hunt, he gets cut in the middle of last year. Spencer Ware's supposed to get the first crack at the job, and then almost immediately, within two weeks, Damian Williams fully takes the job. So, I mean, this is a team who is not opposed to switching their starting running back in and out you know, as good as Damian Williams was at the end of last year, this is a guy who's never had more than 50 carries in an NFL season. So, I mean, certainly he has less job security than the guys he's going around in drafts, Gurley, Mixon, Cook, uh, on Johnson, Nick Chubb. Like, I mean, are you guys concerned with taking him around those other guys? Do you think there's a chance that he loses this job, be it to Carlos Hyde or their sixth round pick, Darwin Thompson? Um, what, what, what's the likelihood that Damian Williams is the chief starter? for 16 games, and how do you guys feel about taking him in the second round? I think I think this is one of those uh, stories in early training camp, you know, that comes out and, you know, people people start talking about it like, oh, Damian Williams is going to lose his job. 
but I think it's just a smokescreen, a facade. Um, I think this is Damian Williams' job no matter what. I think Carlos Hyde is not an effective running back. I don't think he's been Watch effective in Watch multiple years. Watch uh, <laughs> he he hasn't shown anything in the last two to three years to make him a starting running back in the NFL. Um, he shouldn't have started for the Browns last year, and then they made the right uh, decision by trading him to Jacksonville. And, you know, he didn't do anything there, obviously, Fournette and some other guys that they had. But Could I think it's just a smoke. Yeah, I think it's just a early training camp report, and it's just something to talk about. And I think it's just a smokescreen in general. Just my personal opinion. I agree with everything except that Carlos Hyde isn't good. So he's we'll just not, skip, we'll just skip we'll just skip over good. that. Don't piss me off already. We'll just skip we'll just skip over that and we'll just keep going. So I agree with that. He's going to be the starter. He's not losing his job to either. Yeah. He's better than both of them. I mean, are you guys um, are you guys comfortable taking him? No, I would not take overall? him. In the, no, no, that, yes. no, no. That's the latest he's going. I mean, he. I mean, I'd rather have drafts, guys. He was going like at the top of the second. He's he's actually fallen. I mean, I could see him being a third round pick once once you know we're in late August, but. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have some guys that are below him. Like, I'd rather have on Johnson over Damian Williams. I'd rather yeah, have yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah. Or Nick Chubb's going above him, but I'd rather have on Johnson, uh, Fournette, Aaron Jones. Like, I'd rather have those guys above Damian Williams. Yeah, those so, guys, those guys I, I just – none of them, I think, could lose their job based on performance. And while Damian Williams probably won't, I mean, this guy's 27 years old. I mean, is he really – all yeah. of a sudden so much better or is it just that every chief's running back is super productive because of that scheme you know i don't know i i, I just i don't know i have less I faith in him than all those guys that you named both. yeah um all right that's good on that we can move on to another uh, running back camp battle and that is uh you know in our backyard upstate new york buffalo Lashawn mccoy has been told by the bills that he is still the guy and uh meanwhile report from the athletic is saying that uh devin singletary the bills third round pick has gotten uh substantial work with the first team uh do you guys think that mccoy will ultimately be the running back to own in buffalo or do you think that singletary can take this job or you know are you a frank gore tj yeldon fan <laughs> I mean, McCoy's not going to lose his starting job off the bat, but he yeah. does not want to play there. I watched – when I – it was this Patriots-Bills game Monday or Thursday night, one of, one of those nights. I seen this man just walk around on the field, not even do not even try to block anybody, not even try was, to run a route. <laughs> like, it was a Monday night game. I remember it, that. it that's was? when uh, that's when Josh Allen was hurt because I went to that game. Yes, that's yeah, the, that's the game. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole! I was because you I had you six, had him. Yeah, I was that's six why. points six points out of first place in the oh, GPP. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, dude, the shady. <laughs> what an asshole, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's true. You know, I mean, you were kind of going dick. where I was gonna go, dude, because. I kind of well, think that no. he's he's a trade he's a trade target, right? Like he, he could is. he could yeah. go to like Houston maybe or or you know the Chargers if if uh, if Gordon holds out. What's isn't there a head coach someone who used to be in Buffalo, Anthony Lynn, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? Their offensive Not coordinator it. maybe. I 
I don't. I couldn't An tell you the Buffaloes. I go <laughs> Anthony Lynn used to be on the Jets. Who's there? Uh, Ken Wisenhunt is it? No, he's been. With Ken Wisenhunt was with the Cardinals. And Mike McCoy was he with the Bills at one point? I don't know, dude. I'm tripping. I can't. I can't really uh, think right now. But um. Yikes. Either way, McCoy. If McCoy went to you know either of those teams, I think it would be an improvement. But honestly, if he stays in Buffalo for this whole year, I think. I mean, I don't know how good Devin Singletary is. I'm you know not super familiar with him as a college player. I mean, apparently he had a lot of production and a little bit of research I did do. But I mean, do you guys think that Singletary could be worth picking late? You know, fourteenth, fifteenth round. I mean, I would yeah, rather I mean, take Josh Allen as a running back over McCoy at this point. <laughs> I mean. We're one year removed, like, if we disregard last year. Like, in 2017, LaShawn McCoy had uh, 38 yards, six touchdowns, and 59 catches, which is a really good year. I mean, he had his worst year of his career last year, obviously. So, um, everybody's down. Every, yeah, everybody's downplaying him. And he all, he was also hurt last year. No, nah, he's also um, a bitch. But I think, I think he has one good year left. So, if he's at the right... Uh, ain't gonna be in, Buffalo. in terms of draft, like in terms of redrafting, redraft, and like in your draft, if he's there, like in the fifth round, or I don't even know where he's going, honestly. Dude, he's but going if he's like there, tenth round, eleventh round. Oh, okay. So if he's there in like the twelfth round, thirteenth round, take him because that's a good flyer, and he could give you running back two numbers. But Devin Singletary is definitely worth a late round pick, in my opinion, because you know the reports are saying that. He's had a good camp so far, and he has a legitimate legitimate shot to uh, cut into McCoy's work this year. All right, let's uh, keep it moving here. Can stay in the division. Um, Joey, Patriots. Uh, Sony Michelle has been back at camp for a little while, and apparently they are – you know, throwing the ball to him a lot, which I think makes sense. You know, he is a good pass catcher. I feel like he was underutilized in that way yeah. uh, in his first season with the Patriots. But the real question I have for you is, do you think it's possible for both Sony Michelle and James White to pay off their ADP, or is one of them being overdrafted? Because they're going about the same spot. They're going, yeah. uh, you know, end they're of going the right fourth, top other, of right? the fifth. Yeah, I think they are. Um, let's yeah. see real quick. If, if you take a look at Fantasy Calculator, they've got Sony Michelle at – uh, 49 overall, pick 501, and James White is 505, pick 54. So yeah, they're they're right there, top of the fifth round. Um, you know, do you think that both of them can be worth that pick, or is somebody being overdrafted? No, I think they definitely can both uh, hit value. Um, in terms of where they're being drafted, just because, like James White is gonna get work no matter what, because he's the pass catching back and. Honestly, he's a go-to player when the Patriots get down. And, yes, the Patriots are down in some games. And there are going to be shootout games with the Patriots. So he's going to get work. So I, I'm fine with James White. And then Sony Michelle, we saw with him last year at the end of the year especially that the Patriots turned into a run-first offense because they really didn't have any weapons. And Sony Michelle is effective on the ground. And if he's working on catching passes, which we know he could do, he did it in Georgia when – he was with Nick Chubb, who was the main running back, and then Sony Michelle will come in, catch passes, etc. We know he could do it. Um, I think they both could hit value, and I think they're good picks, honestly. I think the Patriots don't have enough weapons in the pass game. I think that's the main reason why they're doing this, and they want to get him involved in the passing game, and I think it will benefit Tom Brady and the Patriots and them in fantasy. 
Okay. Because I don't want to talk crap about my team, but, you know, Josh Gordon is very uncertain. He reapplied, you know, for reinstatement. We'll see how that goes. But other than that, we got Julian Edelman, who's hurt right now. Nikhil Harry's having a rough camp, the rookie that the Patriots drafted. He's having a rough camp, and there's really nobody behind him. Like, there's Maurice Harris, Dontrell Inman. There's really nobody there. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No hold on, tight ends, really. They have on, Steven Anderson, Matt Lacoste, you know, some guys. But Maurice, Maurice Harris is nice. I mean, he, he's, he's reportedly been the best receiver in Patriots camp. Because he's good. He's good. Okay. okay, we'll see. I mean... I was on him last first, year but... when he was with the Redskins. I played him but multiple times. I think just the lack of weapons, I think they're going to have to use both these guys in the backfield. I think it's inevitable. I think they're going to do really well this year. If uh, if Josh Gordon would just go and break a child's arm and threaten some women, he'd probably have a better shot of not getting suspended. Uh, yeah. Probably. You know, yeah, I mean, Can't it, smoke weed in 2019 but... where it's legal. No, you just gotta threaten some women and abuse some children to get a lighter sentence. (laughs) Um, Um, let's uh, let's let's go across the country, (laughs) hit up 49ers camp. How about that? Where Jarek McKinnon was activated from the pup. Um, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about this running back situation. Uh, we we liked Breda at the time because he was the value, but you know that's actually flip flopped. I did a draft last night on uh, on Draft.com. Uh, use promo code upside if you make a deposit. Um, where where it actually flip flop right? And uh, Coleman's still going first. Uh, his ADP really hasn't changed. He's uh, in the early 60s. But now Breda went in the 10th round, and McKinnon was a 14th round pick. So has the value switched? Um, do you guys think that McKinnon is uh, becoming the value of, no. of this team? I think it's just a backfield to avoid. Hmm. Breda all day. Give me Breda. I don't know why so, everyone's sleeping on him. He's he's probably the best running back in that backfield, honestly. But it's McKinnon's, still a situation to avoid. Avoid going to be the odd man, the odd man out. Yeah, hundred. But I'm I'm not taking any of these guys before. The, when's when's Coleman going? Like early like six, sixth, seventh round. Yeah, I'm not taking yeah. anyone before the eighth. <laughs> I w- I would still take McKinnon out of this group, especially if he's the last one. By You're a considerable on. amount. Drugs. <laughs> I mean, Honestly. I mean, McKinnon I, is probably better than Matt Brady, let's be honest. Shut what? the hell up. Yo, I mean, he's, oh you think McKinnon's going Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Why? why? I mean, why? Why is, why is Breda better? Touche. Oh my god. I mean, Breda did have a very last year. I mean, he had 150 carries. He was hurt a lot. So, he so what, are you, what are you docking McKinnon for? Being hurt? Because when he's healthy, he was good. He I mean, was he okay. did. Breda averaged 5.3 yards per carry last year, which is pretty good. That's actually really good, if you didn't know. Yeah, it's pretty good. fucking decent, Ben. What did McKinnon do when he was healthy? I mean, McKinnon hasn't been healthy with the 49ers, and he was behind, like, Adrian Peterson and in minnesota so okay so when the couple carries that you saw better than breda makes complete sense i mean you 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 guys like you guys like to ignore things like when coaches specifically bring people in or when 
teams put draft stock in players, but I mean, that stuff matters. So if you want to ignore them bringing in McKinnon, who's almost, you know, athletically a duplicate to Devontae Freeman, and he was a third round fantasy pick last year just because he got hurt for one year and hasn't had a chance to flourish in this uh, Shanahan scheme. I mean, that's on you. But uh, yeah, I mean, especially like Joey said, it's a it's a backfield to avoid at their ADP. So why not just take the last guy, especially if he's going four I mean, rounds yeah. later than the guy in front of him? Like you're so enamored with Breda that he's that much better. I mean, I don't think McKinnon's amazing or anything, but this is a guy who was getting taken in the third round last year that you can get in the 14th this year just because, you know, because what? Just because there's two other running backs. No, because there's Breda who did play really well last year. Let's not discredit that. And brought in Tevin Coleman, who is also a pick of Shanahan's. So Okay, but the thing is, is they've had Breda for two years. And over those two years, they brought in McKinnon and Coleman. If they were so satisfied with him, why did they keep upgrading this position? Bro, because they had Carlos Hyde. What does that have to do with anything? Breda never... Breda was the backup. They're obviously going to bring in another running back if they let somebody go. Uh, Carlos Hyde? Bro, what does that have to do with anything? They brought in McKinnon before that. What? They brought in McKinnon at in 2018, right? At the beginning of 2018 free agency? Yes. Yep. And Hyde was still on the team. Bro, oh my god, Ben, listen. So Breda never got a chance to start with Carlos Hyde there in 2017. Okay, and if everything... And if McKinnon hadn't torn his ACL last year... Breda was still not going to get a chance to start. You're tripping. You're on I think we can move on. <laughs> You're on some shit, dude. Honestly, if you I think, think this is just if you a... think if you think McKinnon's better than Breda, you're on some serious dude, drugs. Dude, it doesn't matter what I think. Like none of us are NFL scouts. Why do you guys keep trying to say who's good and who's not? They signed him to a four-year, thirty million dollar contract last year and he got hurt and hasn't been able to play any of that contract out they're not going to cut him when they brought him they're in to be play. the Devontae who said Freeman. they were going to cut him who said they were going to cut him i mean do you think they paid him 30 million to be matt breda's backup come on maybe no no <laughs> no but either way they're all going to get playing time like yeah so take and... the last one that's smart okay. use value no. That is a good take, argument. I, I I would have to if take you Breda. like <sighs> take guys, Breda. Guys. And also take while Breda. I'm right while while I'm uh you know patting myself on the back for being right about another thing, Dante Pettis uh is the 49ers fourth wide receiver right now. So keep keep burning your draft picks in round six, everybody. Thank you for the free money. Um, we can we can we can move on here. Um Really hates Dante Pettis. I don't hate him. He's just, I mean, he's yes, just. Yes, he do. <laughs> nah. Just a minute. Nah, then we can get it he's over. He's cool, dude. He's fine. He's. I, I like having 27 catches as a career high in, in the sixth round. That sounds awesome. Um, but real, real quick, by yeah. the way, mm-hmm. McKinnon's contract is, is like back heavy, so it's not even like he's making that much money this year. He's not even making that much money, Rita. So. Leave contracts yeah, out of it. All right, fair enough. He's um, he's making like two million more than Brito, 
And apparently the NFL players, they wiped their ass with millions of dollars. So I yeah. think I think that that needs to be left out of it. Money means nothing. They're not just gonna they're not just gonna start someone because they make a little more than somebody else. If you think that, like on the on the pod, I mean, how can you not see that there is something to them specifically bringing in a guy to play a role? And just because he gets hurt, he's not gonna have that role when he's healthy. But we've spent way too much time on this, dude. Oh my god! Uh, In summary, don't draft any of them. Draft Bright. That's my take. Draft Bright. No. No. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Something I was definitely wrong about this offseason was uh, Deontay Foreman. And the Texans waived Foreman, and he got picked up by Indianapolis. This could just be, you know, one of those signings where Indianapolis is bringing him in to get information on a division foe. That could easily be the case. But, I mean, you know, Foreman is a talented guy. Apparently he has some off-the-field, you know, work ethic concerns. That's what the Texans said. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know whether or not – you know, he's going to stick with this team. He could definitely get cut before week one, but, um, I mean, does this boost Lamar Miller to you or anything like that? No, no, that does nothing. Lamar Miller is trash. He's been, he's been a below average running back for how uh, average, I guess. I mean, he's been an OB two for years just because he's flashy. I mean, he's still been, he's been average. Speaking yeah, from the Lamar even, Miller fanboy, even okay. with even without Foreman, he still hasn't flashed and done anything. When Foreman tore his Achilles, I think it was right. Yep, Achilles. Yeah, I mean, what did Lamar Miller do? He went ahead one for twenty points. Like, I'm not. This doesn't boost Lamar Miller at all. Honestly, it might hurt him. I think that there's less. I mean, I want to say that Actually, there's less like, of a chance that he'll lose his job. It does hurt him because him. if they're gonna bring somebody in, it's gonna be a vet who's gonna take no, I, who's I, gonna take carries away from him. I think they're rocking with Lamar Miller for this year, and then and then they'll move on after this year. I think that's what's gonna happen. I mean, they could bring in Duke Johnson. That'll take take away some of the. Uh, the past that the passing downs they could trade for Melvin out of nowhere. They could sign JJ like I think you said on Twitter the other day, Ben. Yes, dude. Somebody like should. there's there's options that they can yeah. take, and this only hurts. This only hurts Lamar Miller. This doesn't help him at all. And and what about Foreman? Do you guys think that he has a chance to stick on? I mean, behind Marlon no. Mack, they've got Naheem Hines, but he's not really the same type of player as those two. Um, they don't really I have think, much. They have what Jordan Wilkins, I think, is the other guy they have. Yeah, I like. I, I think, think Marlon Mack is with, the guy. Yeah, they're set with Mack and Hines. I don't yeah. think they need to switch that up. Unless this, unless this, um. Andrew Luck injury that we're going to get into next is uh more than it seems. I think. So yeah, Foreman um, won't stick. I mean, as far as that goes, so Luck has been dealing with a calf strain, um, and you know it's kind of been sort of blown over because we all kind of just assumed he would get over it. Um, he's been dealing with this since April, actually. Um, 
you know, it doesn't sound like he's in legitimate danger to miss week one, but I mean, he has missed, I think, three practices this week. Um, you know, he's talking about it, which is, you know, a concern because usually, you know, players yeah. don't want to like bring stuff up like that. So, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, do you guys think that this could potentially stretch? Does this, you know, make you nervous about taking him? I mean, he's currently the QB two. So I'm usually not drafting I a mean, quarterback as high as that. Yeah. So I, I have almost no shares of luck. I actually don't think I have any, but I mean, if you are going to take luck, do you think he should, this should damage him at all? I mean, there's definitely a concern with taking him, especially if he this in April, like that's five months ago. Like, if you can't get over a cash strain in five months, there's definitely some something to be concerned about, I would think. Um, yeah, especially leg injuries. Yeah. On a quarterback who is who is pretty mobile. He is, yeah, he is mobile, and he does run a little bit. Um, and he doesn't know how to throw the ball away. He gets hit so much, and he likes to extend plays so much. I think he was a little better with that last year. Maybe, maybe He's just, just a stand-up guy. That's yeah. why. I guess, but like this is this is I'm I'm concerned. I'm not taking him at all. Yeah, I probably won't take him either. I'd rather have Watson over him. And that hurt. That honestly, it hurts. Ty for me too a little bit. Ty. I mean, yeah. Basically, if, if, if Watson this, misses if this, time, it's over. Yeah, GG. Like, I, I just I don't see, I don't foresee it being that bad. I mean I don't think he's gonna miss time. He might be a little less mobile to start the season, but yeah. But this could turn. This literally could turn into something more. Didn't K- Joey? Didn't KD have like a calf strain or something? Then he tore his Achilles. Yeah, but yeah, the Colts actually. You know, people that. people assumed that the injury was worse than what it was, but the Warriors were keeping it as a calf strain but people thought it was worse and then he came back and he tore his achilles within like a quarter yeah and his game I mean, back it's just it with the way luck plays it concerns me because that the way he plays is just asking for it to get re-aggravated or worse yeah I agree. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, Luck, uh, you know, is too established to play in the preseason anyway, so it'll just be based on, you know, camp reports as, as to whether or not, you know, we'll see how this resolves itself. But we'll keep an eye on it, keep you updated. Um, got two more quick headlines to touch on here. What do you guys think about uh, the Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard debate of Eagles? Both of them have been getting pretty good camp reports. Both of them are getting more... I don't know, work as pass protectors. They've been getting some glowing reports. I mean, I don't think that Jordan Howard's suddenly going to be getting receptions, but um, I mean, how do you feel about these guys? Miles Sanders is going about a round and a half ahead of Jordan Howard in terms of ADP. So what do you think about these guys? Any interest? <coughs> no. Um, I think it'll, yeah, I think it'll be a situation to monitor during the actual season and see who pulls away. Um, Cause one, of, I think personally, one of them will, one of them will definitely pull away and be the full-time starter. And then the other one will rotate in. So I think it's just a wait and see and, and see what happens, honestly. Cause if they're both um, good, they're both going to get playing time. Sproles is there too. So, I mean, he's going to vulture some value away from both of them in the passing game. Yeah. And what what why don't they like Corey Clement? What happened? Because he's a bum. Oh my goodness! All right, move on, please. I just want to say one like... thing real quick. Um, you know, we don't have to de- debate 
Corey Clement. He's irrelevant. We're not going yeah. to because um, don't care about trash players. <laughs> um, personally, I just want to say that I think that Jordan Howard is the value right now. I mean, part of it's because he's going later, and I think I like that. But I mean, you know, Jordan Howard gets a really bad rep, but I don't think he's a bad player. I mean, he's had. <laughs> 850 NFL touches in three years. He's still only 24 years old. Two of his three seasons, he's gone for over a thousand yards rushing and he's on a better offense now than he's ever been in his career. So, you know, I like, I think, you know, Miles Sanders definitely could, you know, turn into somebody who's more explosive, but taking a guy ahead of someone else who already has 2000 yard, you know, uh, two 1000 yard rushing seasons in the NFL before this guy gets a snap, like I just I, I think I would just rather have Howard. I mean, you know, he's not an Jordan exciting Howard. pick, but he's in a yeah. good situation and he's been productive. He's only twenty four years old. Yeah. I mean he's a good running back, honestly. Um, like you mentioned his stats and whatnot. And also the Eagles probably have the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. So that does nothing but boost him as well as Sanders. And I think he's a good pick to where he's going. Like you said, he's not a flashy pick. Like he's not a Saquon or you know, CMC or none of those guys, but he'll get you touchdowns, he'll get you yards, and that's yeah. all you can ask for, honestly. He's a perfect, you know, if if you are light on running back, get him as your, you know, RB3 yeah. or something, you know, something like that in the eighth or ninth round. I'm going with yeah. that. I'm going with that. But, Good pick. Uh, the last note I've got here, and we're actually going to talk about him in a, in a second segment so we can keep this short, but, I mean, there's been an unbelievable amount of hype around Curtis Samuel uh, and the Panthers getting ready to take a third-year jump, apparently. Um, there's even been some speculation that he could take over uh, as the wide receiver one on this team, and DJ Moore would actually be the wide receiver two, which, I mean, to me, that seems a little bit crazy. I doubt that that would happen, but, I mean, you know, Curtis Samuel's been having an amazing camp, apparently. He's, you know, in, set to be a third-year breakout. So what do you guys think about Samuel? Do you think he could be the Panthers' wide receiver one, and do you think that – maybe a little bit too much projection is going into a player who averaged three catches per game last year. Yeah, I think it's the lat- the latter for sure. Yeah. I think I think he has good potential to be a, you know, a good receiver in the NFL, but I don't think he's a receiver one just based on like his stature. Right. I think he's more of like a slot guy and he's a good, you know, he's a good uh uh, honestly, I can't even think of the word. He's, he's a, but he's I like a good him. gadget player. I mean, on top yeah, of his receiving, exactly. his yeah, receiving that's, numbers. That's the word two, I was looking for. Yeah, he had two <laughs> rushing touchdowns in addition to his uh, 39 catches for 494 yards and five touchdowns. So seven total touchdowns as a sophomore. I mean, I could, I could see his numbers being better. I just don't think that he's going to overtake DJ Moore. I mean, you know, Moore started off pretty slowly last year, but from week, I think week eight on, he had an 18% target share in that offense. And Funchess yeah. is gone. Um, I just I think that Moore is set to potentially, I mean, get close to a thousand yards. I think that I would rather have DJ Moore. I mean, that being said, Moore is going about uh, what is it like two to three rounds earlier. So you're getting a discount. But I mean, what do you think about this situation, Jared? I'd rather have DJ Moore completely over Curtis Samuel. Like you said, he's just a gadget player. He's the third option in the offense. Right. I yeah. mean. I mean, like, I'm good. Do you like Do you like DJ Moore where he's going? Pick 57, right behind Calvin Ridley, and in front of Mike Williams. Yeah, hundred percent. 
I think that's pretty fair for him. I, yeah. I would I would take Again. him for sure if he if he fell below that. I would love to take him, but I don't think I would take him ahead of Ridley or or Tyler Boyd or Tyler Lockett, who's going ahead of him. I think that's a pretty fair spot. Wait, he's he's behind Boyd and Lockett. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Because I would take Ridley Boyd and Lockett, and I would take him over Mike Williams. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I feel yeah the same that's exactly that's exactly where I'd want him. All right. Nice. Um, Word. All right, let's move on to our second segment here. We're going to look at a couple of players who are going back-to-back in terms of ADP. Um, speaking of back-to-back, Joey, I got a quick on-the-spot question for you. Drake dropped his uh, care package this week, little little compilation of Drake songs. What's Drake's top three songs off the top of your head? Go. <laughs> That's a very on-the-spot question that I can't answer. Okay. I'm sorry. All right, fine. You know, come back to me at the end of the show. How about that? Give you some okay. time to think it over. All right. Uh, oh let's talk. God. Let's talk about because I mean, because just because the reason I'm bringing this up is because Joey always has terrible takes, and I just really want to highlight his terrible take with choosing a top three Drake song. So we'll come back to that. But let's uh, let's start right off the top with these ADP back to back players. Um, right off the bat, Chris Godwin. Uh, going 47, he is one of the most hyped fantasy players of 2019, uh, deservedly so if you ask me, and he is going right in front of A.J. Green, the uh, the seasoned veteran, one of Jared's all-time favorite players All in the time. league, uh, who's going 48. So these guys are going with the last two picks of round four. You might see him slip to round five. Um, what do we think about these two players? Who would you prefer? Um, you know, Chris Godwin is in a great situation. He's going to be in a pass-heavy offense. And with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys gone, uh, that's 179 targets up for grabs in this offense. Um, he's gotten rave reviews from Bruce Arians up to this point. And conversely, A.J. Green, I mean, we know what it is. You know, he's he's gone for over 1,000 yards in uh, six out of his eight seasons in the league. And the two that he missed were the two seasons where he only played nine and 10 games respectively. And if you, you know, extrapolated his numbers in those seasons, he was definitely on pace for a thousand yards. I mean, this guy is an elite wide receiver. So um, he's set to miss at least the first week, uh, maybe week two could go into week three if this injury doesn't heal with AJ Green. So, I mean, would you guys take a projected 16 games of Chris Godwin versus, you know, 13 to 14 of AJ Green? Yes. Or uh, what are we thinking here? Godwin all day, every day. Give me Godwin. Period. And uh, what do you think, Jared? I, I was really interested to hear your, your thoughts on this one. I'm not able to answer that. <laughs> I can't answer that. Does it, pain Why? You to, does it pain you to come come to terms with this? Yeah, so that's my answer. I can't answer that. And in, 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 some, in summation, I think all three of us agree that uh, Chris Godwin is the pick here. I mean... He is definitely the pick. Yeah, I mean, apart from the health concerns, I just think that this offense in Tampa Bay is the offense that you want to be a part of. You know, this they're, they're set to just basically be airing the ball out 24-7. The defense is bad. They have no running game. And Chris Godwin is reportedly never going to be coming off the field. He can play in the slot. Um, he can play outside. He is a red zone threat. Um, there's there's nothing not to like about this guy at pick 47. And if if you come down to the choice between him and him and Green, it might be hard to not take AJ Green at the bottom of the fourth round. You know, it's something you just don't see. But um, yeah, I'm going Godwin there as well. 
Let's uh, let's look a little bit later in the draft, right, right around pick 100. We were just talking about Curtis Samuel. So Curtis Samuel is going back-to-back with Sterling Shepard, pick 101, Samuel's pick 100, and right after them uh, in a three-way three-way tie, Didi Westbrook at 102, who's getting a ton of hype out of Jacksonville. Um, so just some notes on this, guys. We already t- we already talked about Curtis Samuel a bit, but uh, you know Sterling Shepard last year had a career uh, career high in targets, catches, and yards. He went for 66 receptions, 872 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, you know Odell Beckham is gone, Golden Tate is there, but Shepard should probably lead this team. You know in receptions at, at least as a wide receiver. Maybe I mean you know he probably won't be the number one target. What with Evan Ingram and and Barkley there, obviously. Um, and then, and lastly, we've got D.D. Westbrook. So one thing I found out about him while researching this is that he played 89% of his snaps in the slot last year, which I didn't know. I, I kind of thought he was more of an outside wide receiver and that Keelan Cole was their primary uh, slot guy. But apparently, D.D. Westbrook has solidified himself as the slot receiver and the rest of the Jacksonville wide receiver corps is just sort of up for grabs. Is it going to be Chris Conley, who they brought in from KC? Is it going to be D.J. Chark, their second round pick from last year? You know, Keelan Cole, an undrafted guy, but he's flashed at times. Um, you know, Westbrook is the only sure thing in this offense. Um, what do you guys think about these three players who are all set to have bigger roles than they've had in the past? Um, honestly, I think there's just a lot of receivers in Jacksonville, honestly. Did you mention Marquise Lee? I actually didn't. I forgot. Yeah, he uh, Marquise yeah. Lee. He is still coming yeah. back from injury, but he should be. He should be there, isn't he? Yeah, kind of this... a slot receiver. I mean, does Marquise Lee play primarily outside? I think he plays everywhere. Yeah. If I if I had to take a wild guess, I mean, he's done, he's coming back. He uh, he is coming off an injury, but I think he is their receiver one undoubtedly. Hmm. When he comes back. He's their best receiver. Yeah, I think he's their best by far. But just in terms of the other three guys there, um, Chris Conley, those guys, um, I think I think I would rather have Keelan Cole over them. Um, I think he's the best receiver out of those three, personally. And I think he's a decent late-round pick. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so many people in that Jackson and so many receivers. Um, it's hard to project which one will be good. I think D.D. Westbrook is also a good pick. I forgot to mention him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Westbrook is going... I mean, all the other ones you could get in the last round. So, I mean, you're taking Westbrook yeah. at, at about pick 102, so maybe like the ninth round or so. But, um, I mean, I just... I don't know. When I think about Nick Foles in the past, I mean, granted, this is a different offense, but, you know, he had a good connection in Philly with the tight end and with the X receiver. And if Westbrook is going to be playing inside, I don't know how that's going to translate to Foles game. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about these guys? I mean, I should have mentioned, by the way, you know, Westbrook, one of the reasons I brought these guys up is because Westbrook also had 66 catches, same as Sterling Shepard last year. So these guys had really similar stats. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Westbrook got a QB improvement. You'd have to say Foles is better than Bortles, and Shepard is another year deep with Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, thoughts on the history? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I'd probably take Didi. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I hate Foles. 
Full sucks. Is Shepard gonna be good? He, you mean like health wise or like? Yeah, bro, I know he broke his thumb. <laughs> yeah, he's he's back in practice. Hell. He he's currently not like you know he has a he's like catching one handed right now. But I mean he's he's not projected to miss week one or anything. He should be good. And and Tate's only out for four games. Yeah, I mean so... for the first four games, I think Shepard is clearly the best of this. And I think Curtis yeah. Samuel has the best quarterback by far, and he's in the best offense of these three. So I think they're—I mean—it's a really even set of three guys. I mean, honestly, just close your eyes and pick. But I—I would take—I would take D because both Samuel and Shepard have actually they all have two guys ahead of them. Yeah. In the offense, Samuel's got McCaffrey and DJ. Shepard's got Ingram and Barkley, and Didi's got Fournette and Marquise Lee when healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. fair. I mean, I think personally for me, I'm taking Samuel just because I think that he is in the best like scoring environment, and he'll have some big weeks. But, I mean, if we're talking like a cash game, Samuel would probably be like the last guy I'd take. I'd probably be looking at more like Sterling Shepard or, or Didi there. So. Yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. 100%. All right, that's cool. Um, we will move on to our last uh, last comparison here, back-to-back ADP. Uh, looking at a couple of tight end twos, um, TJ Hawkinson, Lions took him overall, uh, eighth yeah. overall uh-huh. in this year. He has one of the worst picks in the draft. <sighs> so stupid, yo. Didn't I'm they learn gonna, last time? I'm going to ignore that comment and move on to the guy we're comparing to him, him to, which is Mark Andrews. So... You know, Mark Andrews, you know, last year the Ravens also took a first-round tight end, and it wasn't Mark Andrews. It was Hayden Hurst. Um, they, they drafted Andrews a couple rounds later, uh, and Andrews really took advantage of Hurst's injury. He got the the bulk of the workload as a tight end goes, and apparently he has the best connection with Lamar Jackson in Ravens camp. Um, and I was looking at his numbers. I mean, he had only 34 catches but he had 552 yards. This dude averaged 16.2 yards per catch, which, I mean, if you're talking a tight end, that's no joke, right? That's like that's like more than Will Fuller and Tyrell Williams has as, as yards per catch. This guy's getting deep targets. He's he's making plays after the catch. I mean, he had more yards per catch than Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ingram, just about every fantasy-relevant tight end other than O.J. Howard, who also had a really high number. But, um, I mean, Hawkinson has a quarterback who can actually throw the ball, which we don't know if Andrews does. And uh, I know. Yeah, so, I mean, the Lions, I mean, Hawkinson could be a pretty big red zone threat, I think, for this team. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about these two as, as a guy who could – which of them could be a top 10 tight end? I mean, I'm taking – I don't even want to start this conversation again. Um, Yeah, Hawkinson. I'll go with Hawkinson. Over. Where's Hunter Henry getting drafted? Uh, way too high, but like, f- let me take a quick look. Like, f- I want to say fifth round. No. Uh, uh, so he's going sixth Mark round. Andrew. Henry's sixth, sixth, sixth round, uh, uh, right behind Ingram and Howard. He's a, he's makes, pretty much the fifth tight, or yeah, sixth tight end, I should say. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, I'll take him over Hawkinson too. But yeah, I'll take Hawkinson over Andrews, I guess. I yeah. guess. I mean, I'm not taking either of them because they both have terrible quarterbacks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, 
I'm not crazy about <laughs> Hawkinson, to be honest. Uh, you know, even as a Lions fan, I don't think that he's going to be... I mean, I just think that it's going to be hard to be productive in this team as, like, maybe the fourth target, considering they're basically going to run-first team 100% wait, of the wait, time. What? Wait, what changed in the last couple months? Because you were the hypest man on the planet when they drafted. Bro, we had a crazy argument, and I know it was... I know it was me because I was saying how that was the dumbest pick ever, just drafting oh, a tight I, end no, that no, no, high. No, 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 no. And you I, were I don't arguing think he was a bad, Yeah, me. I don't think he's a bad pick or he's going to be bad in the NFL. I think that, you know, you can't pick him in fantasy as a year one tight end in the 13th round on a no. run first team. But I think that, you know, as a pass blocker and, you know, a red zone threat, he'll be good for the team. And I don't think it's a bad pick, but... Um, I guess... Top ten against someone who's good, like he's just gonna be good, maybe. I mean, if you Shit. look at half of the first round picks of the last five years, that would be a, a pretty good get if your first round pick isn't a bust, because at least half of them are. So, um, yeah. I, I don't mind I taking respect. taking a guy yes. in a position of need who's safe, who's not. I mean, he's not gonna be a bust. So I'll tell you that. How do you? Uh, yeah. All right. We'll see. We I mean, what's his run two point What's his garbage quarterback? Um, let's move on to, let's see, what do we got here? Oh, and real quick, I just want to get your guys' opinion before we totally move on. Mark Andrews, do you guys think that Hayden Hurst is just nothing in the NFL? Or is he just completely forgotten because he was injured? I mean, could he come back and take this job back for Mark Andrews? I mean, after all, this yeah. team did draft him two rounds ahead of him in the same draft. So. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he could. Yeah, I think he can, but he also is old like 25 or 26 now and mark andrews is 22 so i think that might play a factor into it as well but there's a good possibility that hayden hurt might be a forgotten soldier in in the league yeah i mean a tight end is the only pass catcher i would draft in this offense with lamar jackson as as the quarterback i don't think that he can throw out, outside the numbers but um yeah We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't want to be stuck in my ways. Apparently, Lamar Jackson's been having a great, you know, camp. So I guess we'll see. But uh, anyways, let's move on to our final segment of the show. We're going to be doing this segment every every week as long as, you know, people stay with the hot takes on Twitter. So we're going to just look and uh, sort of just pick out a, a tweet that gets some traction during the week and, and we'll discuss it on the podcast. You know, if you want to tweet us a submission, you know, if you, if you see somebody – you know, putting their neck out there on Twitter and you want to send it our way, see what we think about it, you know, feel free to add us at the DFS dose or any of our individual Twitters as well. We'll see it. Um, but this week, this is one that came across, you know, I'm heavy into best ball and I saw just about every best ball player on Twitter jump down this dude's throat. So I want to see uh, what you guys think. Uh, this take came from a gentleman named Matt Williams uh, on Twitter. You can find him at Matt Williams, uh, he spells the L's with two seven. He's a really, really hip young guy. Um, so his tweet reads as follows. He says, quote, best ball is fun, but it also requires immense luck, literally requires it. High stakes best ball is a ridiculous concept. You might as well buy a scratch off lottery ticket. Save the quote, be a good drafter arguments. It's luck. So. Uh, Sounds like a let let's uh, you know you know let's not let's not be too you know too much of a dick to this guy. I mean, I I understand where he's coming from. 
in a certain sense. You know, Joey, you and I have discussed whether luck even exists at length. Yeah. Um, this is something that that jumped right off the page, and I, I tweeted that to him that you know I don't even believe in luck. I think that you know people misinterpret luck as variance as it hurts or benefits them. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? Think, so so if if yeah. you know you get good variance, you take that as wow, I have good luck. But literally, it's just natural life variance. You know, it's thinking that it's you that you have good luck. That's just your ego. You know, that's not actual actual fact so i mean what do you guys think about this do you guys think that you know he went on to say in in the replies that you know basically any type of high stakes fantasy football season long is is going to be all luck it's going to be related to injuries you know the only true true tell of skill in fantasy you know in this guy's opinion is dfs because everyone's on an even playing field so i mean do you guys agree with this how much of a factor do you think luck plays in in best ball in high stakes fantasy and and, in season long fantasy in general I'll, i'll open it to you boys i mean what a dick all right so my take on it is that i just think he's wrong okay mm-hmm. there's definitely an edge in best ball and we were talking about this there is an edge if yeah. you look at some of the teams that like your competitors draft in some of your best ball leagues like i looked at mine they're not good so if you know what you're doing you have an edge and that work can work out for you in best ball and high stakes uh, fantasy happens in every fantasy league too. There's always some guy who makes a dumb draft pick or whatever. Okay. I don't think it requires immense luck. Um, just for the sole fact of what you were saying about variant stuff's going to go your way. Stuff's not going to go your way. That's life. That doesn't make you lucky or unlucky. Um, and I think comparing it to a scratch off is absurd because it's literally not in the same realm of anything. There, like there's no strategy to a scratch off. You know, there's no strategy. On yeah, the scratch off. literally just pick numbers or get random generated numbers, and you might win. Like you have a very, 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 very low percentage of winning, but there's no correlation between both. In terms of the whole luck argument, I don't want to get into. And I did take into that that variance and stuff. I put that into my argument as well. So you convinced me on that. But it's like, if you're playing, like this requires some deep logical thinking. So you want to think roster construction. I mean, like you could easily just you know do something as simple as you know drafting the wrong number of you know if you draft four quarterbacks, somebody's going to draft four quarterbacks. I was in a league, uh, a best ball draft a couple days ago. Okay, there were two separate teams. Each of them took four quarterbacks. So they're devoting over, like, I mean, what is, it's about 25% of their roster to one position. Yeah. It's just, they're, they're, I mean, that's an edge. 25%. Yeah, yeah, that's an edge, though. You know, that's that's you. He's saying save the good drafter arguments. Like, yes, okay, objectively, like, is one person going to be smart enough to know what a good second-round pick is versus the other? I mean, maybe. But you can at least draft well in terms of roster construction, in terms of including a stack on your team to yeah. boost the ceiling of your team. Like to, to say that there's no good tendencies of a good drafter and that like it's all, you know, oh, does your first round pick get hurt? Oh, guess you're out of it. That's bad luck. I mean, if you draft 
you know, a hundred best ball teams, you know, you have a good sample of them. You know, I would say probably the amount of teams that get hurt from injuries are also benefited by, you know, other teams in those leagues getting hurt. Like I feel like injuries are random and it's going to hurt you as much as it's going to help you across, you know, a decent sample size of leagues. Um, Yeah. I just, yeah. What do you think Jared about all this? Oh geez. What I really think. What do you think? What I really think, I think this guy is just. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think this guy just has a tough time with winning it. Honestly, I think he's just maybe maybe he's just bad at season long. Doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe has never scratch off before, and that's why he's comparing it to that because he doesn't win in best ball. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a there's a lot of things that could go in this. I just think he's an overall. So this this is just a, this this is a stupid take, and that that's just a stupid take. That's, the, these don't even these don't even go hand in hand. A scratch off in a scratch off in winning a best ball league where you draft yourself. It's not like yeah. What are you talking like, bro? What are you talking about? Literally, what are you talking about? Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. Is like that doesn't make any sense, Matt. Well, Matthew. Yeah. On a deeper scale, silly. You're going into this. You're going into fantasy. You're going into DraftKings. You're going into whatever. Honestly, in life, you're going into it knowing that there might be various outcomes. So, from my perspective, if I'm going into something like if I'm going into a best ball, I'm money that I worked for. I'm risking it. I know something could happen. I don't believe that's unlucky or lucky because I know I'm going, I'm willing into this thing, knowing that this shit might happen. Somebody might tear their ACL. Somebody might get in a car accident and be out for the season. Like it happens. That's Mm -hmm. freaking life, honestly. And to say it literally requires luck is, I think that's just very, very ignorant personally, because you're you're willingly knowing Going into this, you're, you know that shit's going to happen. And I don't think you could consider that luck or unlucky. Lucky or unlucky. Personally. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and and by the way, Matt, if you this or whatever, I don't think you're... Really? I just think you talk like... Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to just shoot my dog Matt some bail just because I, I was looking at his Twitter today to go uh, find the word word for word of this tweet. And, you know, I saw that he was tweeting about, you know, doing fantasy leagues for charity and shit. So, you know, dude, you know, maybe not the worst. This is just a terrible take, but yeah, just don't say stupid stuff. It's all it's all good, dude. Maybe we could play fantasy together one time. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, dude, you know what, dude? I'm gonna follow you when this goes out. Yeah, I probably won't, but <laughs> maybe uh, we could do a DraftKings contest. Or yeah, 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 maybe. Sure. I like that, you man. Can, um, that, that's you can catch <laughs> you can catch a head to head real quick. Oh man, that, that was good. I, I wasn't sure how that segment would go, but I think that went pretty well. Um. And and good points all around from you boys. Don't don't act like don't act like an asshole, bud. Oh, by the way, best Drake song, Marvin's Room. Oh yeah, I was hoping you would say that. 100%. Not even a debate.
That's a very good song. That that's a very good song. Facts. That is when I win a millionaire maker. <laughs> right. <laughs> 